Uh, this is Psalm 145, New International Version. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And you have made all you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every, every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. <clears throat> Names are important. Do you remember naming your children? What a process that was? You had to pick just the right name. We struggle, we struggle. Oh, we go through a list of boys' names, a list of girls' names. What is the right name? Why does it matter so much? Because our name becomes part of our identity as we grow up. And so we want a name for our children that's, that's going to present a nice image or something that they're going to grow into. That's why we have some of the most popular names, Mary, Joseph, David, Michael, Elizabeth, Sarah. That's also why we don't see too many Jezebels or Bathshebas or Judas. Because those names, they carry something. And sometimes we attach our own characteristics or feelings to a name because of a personal experience we had. When I was pregnant with our son and we were going through names, I had my list of names that I liked. Jay had his list of names that he liked. And we would go through, how about this one? How about this one? No, we cannot pick that one. Because when I was in elementary school, there was this boy, and that was his name. And no, he was mean. No, our son will not have that name. We can't, we can't for the life of us now remember what that name was. But, 
But we do that when we're naming our kids. We have these attachments, these feelings that rise up in us over names. In Scripture, we see how important names were in identifying people. In Genesis 17, we saw that Abram's name was changed to Abraham to reflect the promise of God that was going to be fulfilled. And Jacob, whose name meant deceiver, he lived up to that name, and then God changed it. He changed it after he was wrestling with God, after he saw the face of God in that wrestling. Then his name was changed to Israel. What about Simon, who was weak and kind of impulsive? But he was renamed Peter to signify that he would be strong and steadfast in the Lord. Names are important. How much more important are the names of our Father? Because it's in God's names that he reveals himself to us. It's how he reveals his character and his personhood. This morning we're beginning a series on the names of God. Hello, my name is God. And on and on and on. What we're going to discover is that he has many different names. Because there are many different relationships that he wants to have with us. And each one of those names signifies a relationship. Why should we study these names? Can I just know one? Is that okay? Well, in our reading this morning, we learned we are commanded to honor his name. Remember those Ten Commandments? Third one. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. That means his name is important. His name is holy. It means that we don't use it in a cussing tirade. His name is worthy of honor and respect. You know, I grew up believing that God had a last name and that Jesus had a middle name. Because that's the world we live in. Our society doesn't honor or respect the name of God. And we've numbed ourselves even further to it. Now, instead of saying it, we use just three letters in a text. OMG, we say. You know, if you look that up, if you Google what OMG means... We've now taken God completely out of it. Oh, you know what that means? That just means excitement. It means that you're just saying, wow. No, it doesn't. Know where it came from. Know what those letters stand for. It's disrespectful. It's dishonoring the name of our Father. What if we took that commandment and turned it from a negative to a positive? Take God's name and honor it. That changes it a little bit. Because as followers of Christ, as part of his family, as his children, he's given us his name to honor and to glorify in all we do, everything. And as his children, we take that name on ourselves. So when we dishonor him, we're dishonoring ourselves as well. 
we're compelled to praise his name. Our reading this morning in the first two verses, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. When we study the names of God, what we're going to do is we're going to know him more and more. And the more we know him, the more compelled we are to praise him. Because the more we know him, the more we know what he's done for us. And we just can't help it. We are compelled to honor and praise him. You know, the more we learn about someone, their abilities, their greatness, the more we are enthralled with them. Every kid in the 90s wanted to be like Michael Jordan because he was a great basketball player. Everybody that played basketball wanted to be like Mike. He was a good basketball player, so everybody, oh, we're going to be like Mike. How much more infinite, how much more great is our God? Not just worthy of applause on a basketball court, but worthy of our very lives. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts. The names of God are so that people will know him. We praise the name of the Lord so people will know him. Another reason to study the names of God is because in his names, we're challenged to trust him. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call in him in truth. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Those are powerful words. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a fortified tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. God's name is a fortress of protection for his people. Each of those names that we're going to study represent a different piece of his character, a different part of his character that we run to in our times of need. You need a savior? Jesus is there. You need a protector. You need a provider. God is there for you. Each of those names helps us to understand the different relationships that we can have with him. When you get married, especially for a woman, you go from girlfriend to wife. It's not only a title change, but a name change in most cases. You take on a new name. Why? Because it represents a new relationship. And that's what names do. They define a new relationship. If you become an aunt, right? you become Aunt Terry. It's signifying a new relationship. So you have a new name. Maybe you're Aunt Mary or Aunt Terry. 
And that's what names do. They don't just identify us, but they define relationships as well. And that's what we're going to discover in this naming of God. There's always new situations that we face day in and day out. New stuff comes up, and it's not always good stuff. But the names of God, that's when they become meaningful to us. When we adjust to new and growing relationships with him. In scripture, God revealed a new name to people when they were in a trial, when they had a need, when they were at a fork in the road. Do I go this way or do I go that way? And that's when God would reveal a new name because he was providing for their need. That's what this whole book is about. It's all about the names of God and how he provides for the needs you have in your life. But we have to trust that he's able to do all that he says, even when he doesn't respond the way we want. In the study of God's names, we're going to discover that his name is good. God's nature never changes. He is love and he is just and he is merciful and he is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He is majestic. He's holy. Our circumstances don't change that. His name is glorious. His name is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. If someone asked you to describe God, what would you say? God is love. God is mercy. God is grace. You couldn't describe him in just one word. You couldn't do it. Because he's too big for one word. And he's too big for just one name. There's no one name that can cover all the attributes and characteristics of God. That should bring us comfort. Because no matter what problem you're facing, God's names reveal that he's the source and the solution to whatever your problem is. We're going to start out our study this morning with the name that God gave himself. We're going to turn to Exodus chapter 3. The background is Moses has fled Egypt. He's now tending some sheep in the wilderness. And off to the side, he sees a burning bush. And the bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed by the fire. And as any of us would, we'd be a little curious. So Moses goes to check it out. And then Moses tells him that, I want you to go to the Israelites. Tell them and tell Pharaoh that I demand he release my people. And so we're going to pick up the story in verse 13, Exodus 3, verse 13. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. 
Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Now Moses, not so sure of things. And he knows that the Egyptians worship hundreds of gods, and every one of them has a name. And so he's scratching it. If I go to the Pharaoh, they have hundreds of gods. They're going to know what god I'm coming in the name of. And so Moses wanted to give Pharaoh a name that would make Pharaoh just stand up and take attention. And God tells Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. What does that mean? That's more mysterious than just saying, God sent me. What do I do with that? Did you know that I am who I am is such a holy name? In Jewish tradition, do you know that the name was ever, never spoken out loud? It was never spelled out. In the Hebrew text, it's four consonants. Why? H-W-H. The vowels were always intentionally left out to make it impossible for someone to accidentally say the Lord's name in vain. That's how holy they viewed God's name. Today, we have Yahweh. In English, we translate it Jehovah. And so that's the name that we're going to use in our series, Jehovah. And you know that name is used over 7,000, 7,000 times in the Old Testament alone. Jehovah. When the scribes used to write his name out, Jehovah, it was so sacred to them that they would wash themselves before they wrote the name. And they would pick up a new pen to then write out the name. And after they finished writing it out, they would break the pen so that no other word could come from that pen. How holy is the name of the Lord? But what does it mean? I am who I am. First thing it means is that God exists. Duh. That's obvious. Of course God exists. (laughs) There aren't many people in the world that don't believe that God exists. We know that. Yes, but how many allow the fact that God exists make a difference in their lives? When you were a little kid, most people we'll say majority of Americans have gone to some sort of schooling where they learned about a God and his existence in the Bible, and then they grew up. And so if you ask them today, they'll say, yes, God exists, but he's out there somewhere. Don't don't pay much attention to him. In much the same way, many of us learned about the air we breathe in middle school, elementary school, you learned about, let's say, hydrogen. You know that hydrogen is an element in the air you breathe. 
but then you forgot all about it. Do you take every breath saying, oh, there's some hydrogen. Oh, yes, that feels good. No, you don't do that because you learned about it years and years ago. But somehow, that's what we do with God. Oh, yes, he exists. He's out there. Yeah, I pray to him sometimes. Or at Christmas, I go to church and I talk to God. When I have that big problem, yeah, I pray to God. So, yeah, he exists. But does he make a difference? No, not in everyone's lives. And so when God says, I am who I am, he's the beginning. He has no end. He's always been, always is, and will be God. He testifies to himself. You know, when we take a minute to just recognize what that means. God exists. When we stop pursuing our stuff and take a minute to say, God, you really do exist, it makes all the difference in the world for your life. And when you recognize that outside of God, there's no reality. Genesis 1 starts, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. He was it. He was the beginning. He is the Alpha, the Omega. There's no outside force that made God or influenced who he was going to become. He just is. You know, our character, our personalities, they're a result of our genetics. They're a result of our experiences growing up. Not, not God. God just is. He is utterly absolute. When God says, I am who I am, he's saying that he never changes. You know, we can change our minds. We change what we believe. And we may waver on things depending on our experiences or our circumstances. We may compromise our integrity or our character. But God never does. And he never will. I am who I am. Never changes. Nothing takes him by surprise. He foresees everything that's going on in your life and will come. He has no weakness. There's no weak links in his character. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that is why his name is a strong tower for us. That's why we find refuge, because it never changes. We know it's a solid foundation that protects us, that we can run to in our needs. When God says, I am who I am, He's reminding us to remain objective in our view of truth. You know, we cannot make God into whatever we want him to be. Our desires and our feelings about God do not dictate who he is. Our opinions of God don't change who he is. Our calling as his children is to know him for who he is, not who we want him to be. We're called to be like him, not the other way around. Someone 
once said, God created us in his image. And ever since, we've been returning the favor by creating him in our image. We would have preferred to hear God say, I am whoever you want me to be, rather than I am who I am. God is who he says he is, not who we want to make him to be. And one of the greatest points about God saying, I am who I am, is that this majestic, glorious, almighty God draws near to us in Jesus Christ. In the 8th chapter of John, Jesus is answering questions of the Jewish leaders. They're mocking him, they're picking at him, and they're trying to break him down. Listen to the words he says, starting in verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. When Jesus spoke those words, he took upon himself the majestic truth of the name of God. And he took on the fullness of God in those two words. He wrapped it up in humble servitude and sacrifice. And he made a way for us to see the glory of God without fear. I am who I am. In Jesus, we have the privilege of knowing Jehovah as our Father. The I am who I am. The God who exists. The God who never changes. The God who testifies to himself because there's none greater than he is. The God whose power and energy flow unceasingly to us in our time of need. By giving us his name, God is showing us that he longs for relationship with us. We see it in Jesus when he says, I am. God doesn't want us to just know about him. He wants us to know him. And in his names, he shows us that we can draw closer to him. Because when we know him, we have a better understanding of his nature and his personhood. And then we see how he works in our lives and in our circumstances. When that name is I am, when that name is Jehovah, everything is in that name. Life, reality, in relationship to the living God. To know the names of God is to know God as he reveals himself. We're never going to understand God completely. Not in our human state. If we could, then he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be infinite. He wouldn't be eternal. He wouldn't be almighty. But as we study God's names, we'll learn to look for him and to call out to him in those names, in those hours of need. Is your heart troubled? Are you feeling insecure? What are you afraid of this morning? 
Church, be encouraged. Because God has a name that he's going to reveal himself to you that will meet that need, that will meet that fear, that doubt, that circumstance. When God said, I am has sent me to you, what he was saying was, I'm not one of those Egyptian gods. I am not one of those Canaanite gods. I am not a tribal deity. I am not a god to be controlled or manipulated. I am not a god to be treated lightly or trifled with. I am not unconcerned. I am not inconsiderate or unmoved by your suffering. I am not weak. I am not helpless. I am not small. I am not going to fail. I am not going to let you down. I am not going to lose. I am, he said. I am here for you. I am present, and I am working in your life for your good. That's what God was saying when he said, I am who I am. Hold tight to that. Is that the God you know? When you pray, is this the God to whom you're praying? The one who says, I am. Last week, Pastor Debbie was talking about how big is God. Do you see him that big? Do you see the God that you're praying to as, I am? Sometimes we go to God and we just tug on his sleeve a little bit. Say, Lord, I just, I just have a little request. Can I borrow just a little of your time? We think he's up there maybe just having a bad day with the universe. Do you think he's just a weak, petty little God? Do you realize that you're praying to the great I am? My prayer is that we continue our study in his names and that we will grow confident in our faith and that we'll learn to boast in the name of the Lord. In the I am that is for us. Heavenly Father, Jehovah, God, the words this morning, Lord, cut right to the core of who you are. I pray that everyone that heard your words this morning embraces it and holds it tight. Father, that they learn to see you as the great I am. And that as we leave this place, we're encouraged, we're challenged, and we witness to others the great I am. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for our time this morning. And we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you that you are the great I am. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.